Welcome to Disney Minus Rebirth Rebirth, the side-ish podcast to Disney Minus where I'm dragging Cat through the Kingdom Hearts series. I'm Steven, the pilot on our gummy ship of madness. And I'm Cat, and I can't speak for every age, but I'm sure as hell I'm pumped to see something strange. <laughs> Dude, I'm excited! We get to see Halloween Town and I'm excited. We do, we do. I mean, we still got the last little bit of Atlantica first, so... Hold on just a minute. But first, before any of that, I know, I know. Before any of that, we got to tell the people what happened last episode. Um, so or I, specifically, you got to. I was trying to catch up, but I didn't get entirely caught up. So I know the big thing was Atlantica, where things were done to our heroes in nature. That should never have happened in nature. Yeah, especially, magic went too far. Goofy. I'm sorry, the, the turtle thing creeps me out. Fair. <laughs> um, also, I know, again, I'm just going off of the recap that I was watching before we did this. Uh, we run into Riku again in Traverse Town and he is acting completely sus. He needs to be air vented out immediately. Hmm. And he's, he's talking about, you know, oh, you know, we'll find Kyrie. Just leave everything to me. His eyes look really batshit crazy. <laughs> well, part of that's also just the time period. <laughs> well, I mean, even for that time period, and his eyes look really freaking crazy. Nah, that's okay. That's um, okay. Also, a little interesting thing happens. We've seen earlier that when, uh, was it Roxas is the other dude? No. No, what's it? Who? Who is it? Which one? The mysterious grumpy guy that's with, like, Aerith and Luffy. And... Oh, 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 Leon, Leon. Leon, yes. Okay, so we saw him before where he, when he took the key away from Sora, it immediately disappeared and went back to Sora. We had a little interesting scene where Riku gets the keyblade somehow from Sora, holds it over his head, and it doesn't disappear. Yeah, which is... Which is very, very Totally crazy. normal. I'm sure that's fine. Right, and then as, you know, Sora and Donald, who have, like, an awesome little argument routine, <laughs> they start bickering over letting Riku come with them, and then all of a sudden he pulls a magician vanishing act, which is also very sus. And then past that, I didn't get to finish up the uh, Let's Play review, so I honestly don't remember what happened after yeah. that. Oh, 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 I remember one more thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, I did see, it looks like we went back to Olympus Coliseum at one point. Uh, yeah, there was a tournament for, like, a minute. Yep, and, um... Okay, so the part towards the end where Sora, like, holds up the keyblade and goes, We're the champs! Mm. Um, have you ever seen the uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood bloopers? Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. Okay, the one with, uh, like, little Ed and Al, and Winry's like, you know... Oh, okay, I know which one you're talking about. Tonight, and Al goes, Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I thought that's where you, go- you were going with it. That would fit better right there, because Sora sounds like, I don't know, I get that Haley Joel was a little kid, but, like, <laughs> I just thought, that's all I could hear when I saw that scene was fuck it up actually though fun fact that I forgot to mention uh, before probably because I forget this a lot uh, all of his the like three yeah three victory poses that he cycles through are all based on victory poses from Final Fantasy um, one of them one of the ones he does is Cloud one of the ones he does is Leon and I forgot the guy's name but one of the ones that he does is based on, um, I think it was another character from Final Fantasy 7 or 8, I forget which. See, I can see that, because I also noticed that a lot before, especially in the scene with him and Riku, where he does, like, the idol pose with his hands behind his head. I'm like, that is total Final Fantasy. <laughs> well, that's just anime in general, I think. Just well, but, like, like when he's talking about, you know, Riku being the and all, it's like, because I played, you know, Final Fantasy X2, and I'm like, no, that's a total idol pose, or during, like, not... Okay, so Final Fantasy X2 has, like, some really, really in-depth, gorgeous animated scenes. 
like at the beginning, the beginning opening, or in some of the flashbacks, but some of the ones where it's like the cut scene, but they didn't put as much effort into it. Yeah, that hits cocked, hand behind the head, that is total Final Fantasy. Yeah. For girls and guys, so I saw that and I was just like, yep. <laughs> oh, you have forgotten to mention Monstro, though. I did, I wanted to get back and like refreshed on that thing, but I got distracted by talking to Lon a little bit, but uh, why don't, you, no, do, you're why don't you do that refresher? No, you're good. The The basic story of it was Riku, like, kidnapped Pinocchio for a hot minute and was all, huh, this puppet has a heart, even though he shouldn't. Maybe he can help someone who's lost their heart. And Sora was like, wait, do you mean Kyrie? And Riku was like, I don't know. <laughs> you said it, not me, dude. <laughs> and Sora was like, cool, thanks, helpful. Yeah, Sora has a definite blind spot when it comes to Riku and Kyrie, which I kind of get, because, like, at the beginning, you're, you know, you're pretty you and your friends are all happy-go-lucky, and now one of them is acting really fucking shady. Yeah, right. And the other one is, you know, God knows where. Stay tuned. But, yep. Okay, so yeah, so that catches us up pretty much. Uh, so go ahead and start my time. Oh, yep. Timer. Sorry, I had to reset it real quick because I had it changed for dinner earlier, but I am resetting it. Oh, no. there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, I couldn't burn. Remember I had my pizza? I did get my pizza. Oh, right, right, right. All right, uh, what are we going to do the Hour and a half, or are we going to extend or shorten it? Nah, hour and a half. All right, hour and a half going now. All right, well, specifically where we left off in Atlantica was, if you remember, they found that um, little crystal thing that's, like, the exact same shape as King Triton's trident and right. fits in that little indention in Ariel's grotto, and then King Triton showed up and blasted it because he was, like, because he said no, and he revealed that he knows that Sora has the Keyblade, and he doesn't like the key, or the Keyblade because he says, yo, the people who have the Keyblade fuck shit up, and I mean, I guess, to be fair, we've beaten up a lot of Heartless, at least. Like, he didn't fuck ah. shit up. <laughs> I mean, depending on whether or not you take the sequels and prequel into canon, he kind of has a history of fucking shit up. Well, you know, there is also this. Um, but yeah, so, uh, right after that, Ariel swam off in a huff. Um, she was crying somewhere. It's like, I recognize the spot, but it always just sort of feels disconnected from anywhere else. It's, you see Ariel crying there in the movie, and, I mean, you can, you can go to it. In, like, in her little, in like, game, her little like, grotto? Like, her little secret stash area? No, she, that was where that scene took place, but, like, how there's that other spot that just kind of has, like, a rock that's perfectly shaped for her to, like, lean on it and cry. Well, yeah, every, as every Disney princess either needs a thing couch or a crying rock. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so wrong. while she's there crying, um, Flotsam and Jetsam swam up and basically started smooth talking like, oh, maybe Ursula can help you. And without missing a beat, they like create a little puff of smoke and Ursula just appears from said puff of smoke and is like, oh, someone said my name. But uh, basically she tells Ariel that uh, as far as she can tell, the keyhole is probably somewhere in King Triton's palace. <laughs> and if Ariel can help Ursula, nice. And if Ariel can help Ursula find it, then Ursula can help her see other worlds. And Ariel's like, "Well, that sounds neat and not suspicious at all, so I'll go along with it." Because we totally didn't learn our lesson the first fucking time. I know, right? Um, I do actually sort of like the scene because I'm just like in the movie because this is the only thing Ursula ever knows to do is she steals King Triton's trident. Shocker. Um, and <laughs> as Sora and friends come up, she's telling Ursula, like, or Ursula, rather, is telling Ariel, like, okay, yes, I did promise that you'll see other worlds. 
themselves. So it's time for a little journey to the dark world of the heartless. You know, I saw something a while back, I don't know if you've seen it, where it's like, as far as watching Disney movies go, you know that you finally become an adult when you watch The Little Mermaid. And the scene where she goes, I'm 16 years old, I'm not a child, and you go, yes the fuck you are. Yeah, you're a baby, calm down. That's when you know you're an adult, when you're like, shut the fuck up. Like, Triton needs anger management, don't get me wrong, but also Ariel, calm down. Yeah, definitely not perfect dad of the year, but Ariel needs to, like, oh my, mm, needs to put her with Elsa from Frozen, the actual Frozen. (laughs) (laughs) You can't marry a man you just fucking met. But, um, but yeah, so Ursula leaves because I guess she decides that she's gonna enact her plans somewhere else. Um, and Triton's like, oh my god, okay, I know I was just shit-talking you, like, five minutes ago, but please can you, like, save my daughter and the ocean? <laughs> please go get my trident back from Ursula. And Sora's like, yeah, dude, I'm the good guy, whatevs. Um, so yeah, so that's basically where we're going now, is heading after Ursula. Um, no, I'm starting to get ahead of myself. There's, we get, we're gonna get a thing, or, like, a little shared move that lets us swim fast enough to go against the currents and not have to ride on the dolphin, but that's gonna be here in a minute, not, not just yet. But, but I don't ride all the dolphin. But no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to ride the dolphin to get to where Ursula is. And then, like, after stage one of her boss fight is when you get the thing I was thinking of. Have you ever had a dolphin? Yeah. They feel like giant rubber duckies. That's awesome. <laughs> they do! <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Giant anyway. Giant rubber duckies, sorry. I got sidetracked. No, you no, you're fine. We get a new Heartless on the way. It's called the Aqua Tank. Ooh. Yeah, he's a big boy. Uh, basically, this dude you never see on his own. It's really hilarious because he'll always, like, come on screen being carried by, like, uh, you remember those green screwdriver dudes? The green uh, from The screwdrivers, the little, like, merm- like the little, like, sea monster-looking guys that were kind of humanoid. Oh, his- had the, their yeah, little trident. Ursula's victims, that's what they were. No, 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 not those. Here, hang on, I'll uh, post. It's, yeah, post hang picture. on, one sec. Yeah, put a picture on top of what you're talking about. There we go, that one. Oh, okay, you meant like Heartless. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the, the Aqua Tank always comes on screen being carried by like four of those. <laughs> because, because it's just so big, it's just, it's funny. <laughs> um, I mean, it really doesn't have much in the way of a tail. Yeah, see, okay, right. I'm sorry, Sidemon in the report chat. <laughs> They summed it up. <laughs> yeah, no, she says blub, 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 and like, yep, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> they species. But yeah, so, I mean, n- nothing like significant happens, but we have a new type of Heartless on the way, so you can tell stuff's getting real. Um, we, this is where you do ride the dolphin to get to uh, to where Ursula is. Yay! Um, yeah. In stage one of her boss fight, you're basically fighting her in like, like her dressing room, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's got like a vanity mirror in one area. It's got her her big cauldron in one spot. She's hanging out. Oh, I see lots like, shell. I see one of her eels. It's I don't know that they're, they're both in they're both involved. So it's one of them. I, don't know. I mean, there's a way to tell them apart. It's apparently by which one like what side the yellow eye is on. But obviously, I'm not going to zoom in that picture that close. But yeah, no, that's great. It's a pussy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so what you got to do in the first stage of the fight is um, you use, you cast magic a few times on her cauldron, and then it will, like, send out, like, a, basically, like, a, a small explosion of magic that, like, stuns Ursula, because otherwise she's just 
swim or spinning around and basically invincible, just hitting you a lot. Uh, so if you cast magic a few times on her cauldron, it'll like, like I said, do, hit her with like a blast and stun her. So that's when you can actually start hitting her. Um, is it also just me or in that picture of the screenshot that you just did of the battle? Okay, I see the other eel, but is it just me or do Ariel and Donald look like they're just staring into this magic crater? Like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, the timing is the timing does kind of look like it. Like, Donald even has a stupid grin on his face. Right. I will say, in Kingdom Hearts 1, I never really did much with the, the like, world allies that you get, because you can't do anything with trinities if you have them, and it's not, not as easy to switch party members out. So I did not really know this about Ariel, but she is a beast. Like, in general, but especially in this fight, because basically what Ariel will do, the way they had her fight, since she doesn't have a weapon is she'll start spinning herself around and then just, like, ram forward. So basically just grilling into people. So and she so, has, like, a full-on, like, Nightwish or Sirenia, like, orchestral metal, I'm gonna sing and fuck you up kind of thing. That would be cool, too. But so, like, the times when you get Ursula stunned, she does a butt-ton of damage. Nice. Yeah, which is neat. Uh, so yeah, so you beat Ursula this first round, and then, oh, surprise, surprise, just like everyone else, there's a second round. Of course. Um, yeah. This is where you get a skill called Mermaid Kick that basically lets you swim faster against the current so you don't have to go find the dolphin again. And you can just swim right to... Because she goes to a different spot also, which is funny. Like, you're just... You get to it and you're just suddenly out in the middle of, like, the open ocean where all that there is anymore is you guys and then a giant honking Ursula that you have to fight. Are we talking, like, giant as in, like, the end of the original movie? Uh, more okay, or so, less. Yeah, pretty much, I would say. Comparing her to Sora, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, it's it's weird because I hate this fight for it, but there is a similar fight later on in the game that basically does the same mechanic. What you have to do is, since you're obviously so much smaller than her, it's not like you can just 1v1 her, of course. So, she is constantly using, like, a bunch of, like, magic type attacks mostly like thunder thunderbolts like around herself because she's using the trident as her power source now yeah and also <laughs> and also fucking biting at you if you get close enough not sure i would know right well what you got to do is manage to like get around behind her so that you can like hit the back of her neck enough times and eventually it'll stun her so you can do heavier damage and then just kind of rin rinse and repeat basically okay but, like, I don't know, maybe it's just because of how awkward um, Atlantica is to get around. I hate this fight, but like I said, there will be a similar fight later on in the game that is, like, in terms of mechanics, almost exactly the same. But I really like that one, <laughs> where I hate this one, so I don't know. But, yeah, so you finally defeat Giant, um, I almost called her Ariel, holy shit. You finally defeat Giant Ursula. <laughs> yeah, spoiler, no. One guide you at time, Steven. Yeah, plot twist, you actually have to fight Ariel instead. It's really weird. I mean, could happen. <laughs> but no, you, you defeat Ursula, she, like, dissolves or explodes or something. I don't know, the point is we get the trident back, so that's whatever. She goes pop. Um, basically. You, everyone regroups back in Ariel's grotto, and trident, or Triton reveals, oh, that little crystal thingy, I can also just hold my trident up and the same thing will happen. <laughs> So, like, instead of setting it into the little, like, indentation, he just kind of holds it up in front of it, and it, like, shoots out a little, like, ray of 
light into it, basically just doing the same thing. Yeah, I could have done that shit before, huh? Right? Well, uh, the reason we didn't is this is what reveals the keyhole for this world. <laughs> I swear, I feel like they're running out of ideas because where it's, you know, before always been like kind of a, like at a place set into something, this pops like a perfectly square bubble up and it's like in that. <laughs> and I don't really know why, but, but yeah, so we, we see, <laughs> we still have a keyhole. Um, this is where, uh, we, we're starting to get, now that we have all of the, the regular spells, we're going to start getting upgrades. So this is where Thunder gets upgraded to Thundara. Um. Tyra and what, what's it? Blizz, Blizzarda? Blizzara. Yeah. Blizzara. Okay. Well, well, here, here specifically we get Thundara. Um. But I mean, like, that's the next and, level update of, or upgrade, right? Oh, the yeah, RA, yeah. not the GA, right? Yeah. The, the Raz before the Gauze. Sure. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we get this kind of like top-down scene, which to me always looks really neat, where basically Ariel's saying, okay, that was all really bad, but I'm not disillusioned. I do still want to see outside worlds, but I know this isn't the way to go about it. Um, it's... Nah, I had a picture I was going to try to post, but it's too big, apparently, whatever. Um, but basically, it's kind of mirroring... Can you like pop or something? Probably, but that didn't take too long. It'll, I'll put it in the thread when I yeah, in the Twitter thread when, I, when this episode goes up. I'll send it to you on Facebook later. Don't worry. Meh. Um, well, I, well, actually, I guess I can do that now. Right? Ooh. Leave me in the dark here, Jesus. There we go. Heal. <laughs> Stop that. But um, never. But yeah, so it's it's kind of mirroring since we didn't actually get it. It's kind of mirroring the the part of your world sequence from the movie how right. it was her like. Again, top down, her sort of like spinning and sort of taking everything in. Yeah, like towards the end. Yeah, the the quote that she says says here is always just kind of stuck with me. She's like, it's it's nothing like super impressive or anything. She says, um, "So many places I want to see. I know I'll get there someday." So it's you know kind of leaving you on a note of she still has hope, basically, which is which is sweet. No. Um. No. But then the last thing for this world is we get a keyblade. And it is we get a scrolling. Yes, there we go. It's called Crab Claw. Ooh. Yeah, right. It's kind of neat. Does a crab the end pitch things? No. <laughs> oh, that's supposed. To- oh, that's supposed to be a little key thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but still though, like if you're gonna have a crab at the end, the claw should at least move back and forth, and, like pinch it. That would be neat, right? Or like, dude, like fling it out like almost like a fisherman's rod. Let the crab hook into somebody, then like just fling your enemies back and forth. Honestly, if this if this Keyblade were in Kingdom Hearts 3, because the Keyblades start to do a little bit more stuff than just exist, I could see that being, like, a thing they might have had to do. Right, turn it into, like, almost like a... Eh, almost a grappling hook, except more like for flinging <laughs> things instead of grappling. Well, of course you could grab shit, I guess, but... A grappling crab. I mean, Legend of Zelda did it. Not, not with a crab, but with a grappling hook. There you go. But anyway, the description for Crab Claw raises max MP by one and enhances magic and summon power, also deals good physical damage. So it's, like, for for where you are in the game, fairly balanced, but also if you're focusing on magic, this one will will probably do you pretty well for a good little while. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good one. Oh, yeah. But, so heading on over to our next world now, this is the one that I said was going to excite you on account of, now we're going to Halloween Town. Yeah! You guys underestimate how happy I am about this. 
Let me see. We immediately get the title card, so let me drop that into the chat. Nice. Yes. And this is... I feel like they should be doing the costume change thing more often, considering how much they at least say they're supposed to emphasize, you know, not getting involved and blending in and all of that jazz. But we do get a costume change for this world. And also, so go ahead. before I look at that picture, I just want to let you know, because you know, I've been telling my little sister Haley that we've been doing this, which she's totally excited about. And I told her that we were going to do Halloween yeah. this weekend. Her response was, and I'm reading from, from the text messages, was, this is all in caps. Halloween Town is the best. Next message, but the final boss is a fucking bitch. <laughs> Honestly, Oogie's my favorite of the Disney bosses. Ooh, I, I kind of like Source Halloween Town. That works. Yeah, he's a, he's a little friggin' hot topic vampire boy. He is, but you know what? He's got the eyeliner in the right place. He's got the little mask thing. He's got the little wingies. I know, I love the mask covering his eye. And he's got the little wingies at the back. I, I dig it. <laughs> But yeah, Donald so just looks um, like he looks like Thanksgiving dinner leftovers. Donald, Donald's a mummy, and this is the thing Flutterdark had mentioned in. Um, oh, he just mentioned that it looks like he's got a chunk out of his middle missing. So okay, props for that. Yeah, which is if you look close, the the position isn't great for it, but it's also on his right arm. A section is missing too, which is kind of neat. Oh yeah, that is. And then our main man. <laughs> Our main man, George Geef Goofy, over here, becomes a Frankenstein's monster with a, stuff, uh, with a pumpkin on the tip of his nose. Yeah? I love it. And he's got red eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Giant screw just jammed into his head in place of his hat. You know what? It works. It's Goofy. Right? <laughs> but what's weird here when we first show up, and honestly, this kind of makes sense for it being Halloween Town, uh, the Heartless aren't attacking yet. We we walk into, like, the, the main town square area, and there are a bunch of those, like, search ghost Heartless just kind of hanging out. Uh, they do not attack the group, and what's kind of cool that they did for, like, mechanic-wise in the game is you can't lock onto any of them, and even if you walk up and, like, swing your keyblade, it doesn't affect them. So, like, they're not fighting Sora, and Sora can't hurt them. Now, one thing I gotta ask... Since we're in yes. Halloween Town, uh, first off, I assume we're gonna see Jack and Sally, right? Oh, oh, just you, just you. Wait a second. Oh, because I'm gonna ask if we do. Do we have Captain O'Hara and Danny Elfman? I think so. I'm pretty sure. If we don't, I'm gonna be very upset. <laughs> I have not checked the voice actors, but I'm pretty sure. Forget the others. Um, I can forgive Doctor Finkelstein because I don't know when his voice actor passed away. But if we don't, at least man. have Jack and Sally. Well. I couldn't get a picture of the exact moment, but when the mayor steps out to introduce Jack, the Heartless, like, do a little, like, presentation for him. I mean, come on, it's freaking Jack Skellington. Everybody will fanboy over him. I know, exactly. It's so How funny. Can you That's not? Why, like I said, for as weird as it is to go to a world where, like, the Heartless aren't attacking, it fits super well with, it, with Halloween Town being the one where it happens. Right. But, um... But yeah, so they they meet Jack. He is, I mean, you know, trying to do his Pumpkin King thing. He is actually not satisfied with the Heartless because, because he says they're not scary enough. And he wants this year's Halloween to really be scary. This must be after the so, events of the movie. Kind of, I guess. Well, because remember, before the movie, he was like, oh my god, it's the same old thing. And then after the movie, he's like, we're going to make this great. 
Yeah. So you um, need to step your shit up. But so luckily, Dr. Finkelstein has an experiment that he's running. And I'm not even kidding. He has one of these little search ghost dudes on like a metal slab just lying there in his laboratory. Nice. Yeah, because basically what it is, is he wants the Heartless to to dance and to be, like, basically he kind of wants them to be animatronics for his, like, for Halloween for him, but they're kind of just hanging out. So Finkelstein is trying to work on, Jack keeps saying he's working on the guidance system, and I'm like, these things aren't robots, man. But whatever. Um... So they reason, just like in the picture I showed, or I, I uh, put in, Jack is like, of course, the Heartless need a heart. That's why they're not doing anything. <laughs> Finkelstein's like, oh, great, I can whip up a heart, no, pro- uh, no problem. The heart's not all that complicated. And like, are you sure? Okay. And so what he does, he makes, he makes a heart that for some reason is pumping. Just because, fuck it, why not, I guess. It's got a big old lock in it. Uh, but and for whatever reason they say it won't work until they can figure out some way to unlock it and i'm like you made this thing though okay i'm mad <laughs> why are you mad what are you mad about i'm googling the halloween town voice actors and it's not danny elfman doing jack oh uh, sadness freaking Who is it? it's chris sarandon wait i feel like i know that name uh he was prince humphrey and the princess bride and Meh. oh no wait 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 wait. oh that's right jack, uh, danny elfman was jack's singing voice okay so chris sarandon was his Voice. Okay, so that is Jack. Okay, okay, I was kind of wondering. Okay, okay, momentarily not met. You keep talking, I'm still looking at voices. <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. Um, so know. Sora decides to unlock the heart for them, because as he says, I want to see the Heartless dance too. <laughs> and sometimes he just remembers this kid is 15, or 14, and he's just out here doing his best. He's a good little boy. But, um, so Finkelstein... Walks us through the ingredients that he has for the heart so far. It's got pulse, which is a frog for some reason. Terror, which is a spider. Fear, which is like a pane of glass. And then he drags his gloved hand over it to make a shrieking sound. <laughs> and hope and despair, which is a an orange snake thing eating the tail of a blue snake thing, which is eating the orange snake thing's tail so that they're like in a circle. So he's got all of these things. He's not putting them in the heart. He has all of these things lined up on the slab next to the heartless. And he just throws the switch and, like, zaps the whole thing. I mean, he is not Finkelstein. <laughs> right. But, shockingly, this doesn't work. The heartless sits up for a second and then just collapses. Like, nah, nah never mind, I'm good. Um, so, Finkelstein figures, okay... Maybe, maybe, it can't be that my design was bad. Maybe it just needs more stuff. So he sends us out to find uh, memory and surprise. And this is where Sally comes in. She's not really in the game a ton, mainly just because, again, they were mostly just focusing on, like, the characters that need to be there, kind of. But we go find Sally in the cemetery, and she has uh, what they're using for memory, which is, like, which is like a few sprigs of forget-me-nots. It's so funny. Okay, so but, um, real quick. Yes. For voice actors, you got, you're going to get a kick out of this. Okay. So Dr. Finkelstein in this game it is not the original voice actor, which uh-huh. is fair. However, the guy that does it is Jess Harnell. I feel like I know that name. Who was Baco from Amanda um, Animaniacs. <laughs> and he was also Crash Bandicoot. Oh, neat. 
And I also, Sally in this game is not Catherine O'Hara. Oh. But she is Kath Susie, who was, hang on, Phil, Lil, <laughs> and Betty DeVille in Rugrats. Oh, nice. Dexter's mom in Dexter's Laboratory. Neat. And Lola in the original Space Jam. <gasps> you know Sally's what? Lola Bunny? Two solid voice actors. I'll allow it. I did not know this. I didn't know Kat Susie did all of that. I mean, like, I knew she did Bill Lil and their ball, but I didn't know she did Lola and Dexter Mom. Uh, right? Let's see. She did Maddie Fenton and Danny Phantom. Nice. Aw, uh, man, now I'm just picturing Sally going, nice but Right. Oh, she was also Morgana in Darkwing Duck. Oh, nice. And she was Kanga in the Wendy the Crew franchise. There you go. Okay, you know what? I'll allow it. Those are two solid subs. I will take them if we can't have the originals. <laughs> Anyway, I thought you would like that. I thought that was cool. Oh, it occurs to me Kanga and Rue show up, so she probably voices Kanga in the game, too. There we go. Probably. Something I never realized, Julie pointed out to me at one point, um, Maleficent, I forgot the voice actress's name, Maleficent also voices Daisy Duck, and at the very beginning of the game, when Sora's mom was calling him to dinner, she voices that one line. That's Maleficent that did his mom, too? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, anyway, uh, so on our way to Sally, though, we uh, the Heartless are now attacking, I guess because of, I guess Finkelstein's experiment failing kind of rebooted them. And we now have this Ooh. funky little dude showing up. Creepy little dude. Ooh, ribcage and all. Yeah, it's called the White Knight. How um, is that spine holding his upper half up? Uh, the Heartless don't give a shit. Realistically speaking, it should, like, snap <laughs> the minute he tries to move his hands or his head. I know, right? Well, speaking of, like, the main way that these guys will attack is by jumping around, and then, I'm not even kidding, they'll just take their, like, they'll just swipe real big, like, but as long as their arms are, they basically will just do a lot of, like, claw swipes with just a really big area that they can hit, so that's kind of neat. I mean, long arms and those big spindly claws, I mean, if it works, it works. Right? Um, but yeah, so they find Sally, she's got, uh, just a handful of forget-me-nots that they're using for memory because oh, I'm not going to question how Finkelstein works and move this shit out. He's a doctor and I'm not, so whatever. Um, but as they're leaving, we get a short little scene of Lock, Shock, and Barrel showing up. Oh, that's right. Um, Wait, what? I think... Oh, no. Never mind. I'm thinking of the wrong thing. I was trying to say... I was about to say Maleficent also voices Shock. Anyway, they show up. They've been eavesdropping. They're going to tell Oogie Boogie. So they run off to go go do that. (laughs) All right, hang on. Voice actors. Okay. Okay, so Kath, Susie, who again, who does... uh, Sally also does Shock in this one. Uh, Okay, I knew... Okay, I knew Shock shared a voice actress with somebody. Okay. Yeah, and then Jess Harnell is Locke, the devil dude. Okay, so that's Baco again. Wacko does lock the devil dude. And let's see, Jeff Ben. Oh, okay. So you know how Kath Susie did Dexter's mom and also does. Yeah. Uh, Dexter's dad does barrel. <laughs> yes, and, and, <laughs> oh my God. He was Petrie in the land before time. Oh, I can hear it now. Holy fuck. Huh. I, I don't recognize like, any of his other names, but oh my God. It's Dexter's dad and he was fucking Petrie. Oh, oh my God. He was Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo is barrel. Oh, okay, that's, oh, that's funny. awesome. Okay, okay. okay <laughs> anyway, I, I promise I'll stop sidetracking us for, for the time being. 
No, you're good. You're good. Um, actually, look it up because I think Oogie Boogie might be the same guy, but now I'm not so sure. Uh, Wait, who are you to look for now? Oogie Boogie. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got the Kingdom Hearts wiki hold up right now. Okay. Um, pause the timer, I guess, while you're doing this, because fuck it. <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on. Oh, come back. Oogie Boogie. Oogie Boogie that- is Ken Page. Who is? Sounds familiar. The original Oogie Boogie. Okay, good. I thought so, but like everyone else yeah. being different was starting to make me question it. Okay. No, he is so the original Oogie good. Boogie, and also in the original Broadway, he was Old Deuteronomy and Cats, and he was King Gator in All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, nice. But anyway, though, he's the original Oogie Boogie voice. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but we we do get a scene of Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Oh, we don't we actually see Oogie him Boogie in all the Kingdom Hearts games. It looks like. Yeah, I think he's Oogie Boogie in, like, everything that's, that has Oogie Yeah, basically Boogie, everything cause... that Oogie Boogie shows up in, that's him. Yeah. Awesome. Because I saw, like, like a like a concert thing that got put on at one point, because Grayson was real big into Oogie Boogie's song, and that was one of the versions of it we watched, and it was still fucking him for that. Yep, yep. I love him. But, he's um, good for it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Lock, Shock, and Barrel, they tell Oogie what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Oogie decides he's gonna steal the heart so that he can use it to control the heartless. And I wrote down his quote because I love it so much. He goes, "Oh, when I get my hands on that, well, I've got no hands, but I'm still gonna nab it." <laughs> I know, I love it. It's good. But um, so snapping back over to um, Sora and Jack and the others, they go find the mayor for a surprise to put in the heart. And it's a jack-in-the-box, which I guess works. I don't, again, I'm not going to question <laughs> it. It's whatever. Nah. Um, yeah. They So they take these two things, go back to... Um, I forgot his name for a second. Damn. They go back to Finkelstein's lab, and we don't even get a chance to see if the experiment works this time, because as soon as he like shuts the machine off, <laughs> not even kidding, Lock, Shock, and Barrel sneak, have snuck into the lab, pop up, grab the heart, and like leave. And, no, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. Finkelstein picks it up off of the, like, slab that he's had his, like, captive Heartless just sitting on. And as he's wheeling himself over to a different area, Beryl throws himself in front of his wheelchair so that it, like, hits him and stops. And in the process, he throws the heart up because I guess he just got jerked that much by suddenly stopping. And I forget if it's... Uh, right. I forget if Shock or Lock, but one of them catches the heart, and then all three of those little shits leave with it. So, of course, you know, now it's go go find the kids and get the heart back. <laughs> um, we get another new heartless here called the Gargoyle. Ooh, that was kind of badass. Yeah, right? That looks like a twisted Pokemon. <laughs> huh, kind of does. Like it'd be a dragon type or something? Dra- like, like if someone tro- crossed a dragon type with, like, Gengar. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say dragon and ghost, so there we go. Right, because he's got the little wings, he's got the, well, he's got part of the gaping mouth, and then Gengar is, like, all out. Yeah. Or not Gengar, I'm sorry. Well, some Gengar and, no, a uh, Golbat. Oh, uh, okay, okay. It's, you know what? Cross Gengar with Golbat. There you go. There we go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, we, one of the areas that we have to pass through is Spiral Hill, the curly Q hill thing from the movie. The pinnacle thing, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's fucking rad here is there are a bunch of, like, just big-ass pumpkins kind of sitting all over this area. Which if you hit one... Do. Well, yeah. 
if you hit one or if you pick it up and throw it, these these dudes will explode. Okay, so in other words, I would be just chucking them everywhere to make things explode. I have done I've done that in some playthroughs where like instead of fighting the heartless here, I'll just toss the pumpkins at them. Right. It's fun. It doesn't. There aren't enough to get all of them, especially because the heartless move around too much. But it'll, it'll get a good chunk of them. But uh, after after um, I just said it. Why am I forgetting the name of the hill now? Lockshot Barrel Spiral Hill. Spiral Hill. Thank you. Right. After that, we get to Oogie Boogie's Manor, which looks like this. Okay, so pretty much what it does in the movie. I. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember how much of it we actually see in the movie. It's so, a little yeah. more detailed here. I know, like, in the movie, I think we mostly just saw, like, an outline and then the elevator, of course, because everything happens below underground. Oh, okay, yeah, probably something like that then. I think <laughs> this, is like, this is just, like, I think, either concept art or just making it more detailed. This I got off of the wiki, so I think it is, like, concept art for Right. <laughs> but, um, so we fight the kids. We, fi- we find the kids, and then we fight the kids. To I thought you said make other than find the kids, just so you know. Stop that. The audio glitch out for once. This was not me having dirty mind. I was audio <laughs> glitching out at a really bad time. Okay, but <laughs> but yeah. So we we beat up some children to make them tell us where their boss is, and surprisingly, the root the door to get to the room where Oogie Boogie is is a big green door with Oogie Boogie's face on it. Never saw that coming. Yeah, like didn't really need the kids to tell us that one. <laughs> Let them think they're helping. I, well, they do have a switch in their little room that you had to flip in order to unlock that door. So there is that. Right. It's so funny, though, because, and again, I don't remember them, like, ragging on uh, Beryl quite this much in the movie. But, like, they blame him for stealing the heart. (laughs) They're both just like, no, it was Beryl's idea. And he's like, hey. I mean, to be fair, they all kind of picked on each other. But between the two, it was basically like they would all pair block and shot would pick on each other, but then they would also gain up on Barrel. I know. I felt so. I feel so bad for Barrel. He needs better friends. I mean, he did wind up getting his head covered in scorpions, but he seemed to like it. So, yeah. God, those three gigantic ass scorpions. Anyway, uh, no. Th- well, so once we get inside, obviously we start the first round of Oogie Boogie's boss fight. Before that, <laughs> what's fucking hilarious? Uh, Oogie eats the heart. Of course he does. Yeah. He, they're like, hey, get that heart back. And he's like, oh. dick. <laughs> right? Well, what's hilarious is he reasons that if he eats it, he'll be able to just control the heartless now because he's got its power or whatever. Oh, shit, eating your enemy's heart to gain their power. No and offense to you, Mr. Ken Page. You're amazing, but you voice a dick. <laughs> he's also sort of dumb to think this would work, but I will give him credit, I guess. What's fucking hilarious, though, is after he eats it, He'll, it does this thing where, like, the camera kind of, like, like, swivels around as though something important is about to happen. And then he's still just standing there. And he's, like, basically, like, I don't feel any different. Uh, so he's, like, all right, all right, let me try this out. Oh, heartless! <laughs> and, like, these two, like, tired-looking gargoyles just show up. Like, they don't even care. They're just, like, hey, boss, what's up? I mean, to be fair, Oogie Boogie isn't really a creature. He's literally a ton of bugs sewed up in a burlap sack. This is also true. And when you beat him in this stage of the fight, his bugs just go... <laughs> but he gets all mad, which, I mean, to be fair, in fairness to him, I guess I probably would too. He doesn't get to be butt <laughs> when he's already been a dick. 
<laughs> he sees that he was only able to summon two heartless, and even those aren't exactly what you would call enthusiastic. Right. <laughs> he shouts, nobody disrespects me! Nobody! And <laughs> the boss fight just immediately starts. I mean, they kind of already have, so... <laughs> but yeah, and then this immediately starts the boss fight. It's so funny. But this is... Like I said, Oogie Boogie is, I think, my favorite favorite boss to fight out of all of the, like, Disney bosses, at least in this game. Um, What they do for the first round of it, you're basically in, like, this big circular chamber that's designed to look like a roulette wheel. I mean, that's what and, he's in the movie, yeah. His whole thing is, like, this yeah, gambling thing. Yeah, like, the, um, he's thinks. got bombs that, he's got bombs that look like his dice, uh, that big, like, poker chip buzzsaw thing will fly around every now and then. The little, like, cowboy, I guess? Looking yeah, dude, he's got, like, a like, little, it's basically, I think they're, like, supposed to be, like, roulette, like, like the things that can shoot guns, he's got the buzzsaws. Yeah, all of that is incorporated into, into the stage. I love it so much. Okay, now that's nice. Um, that's attention to the movie. Yeah. So what what you got to do basically is he will run around the top section that you can kind of see there and like he'll throw bombs at you, come, try to commend some heartless, all of that jazz. Every now and then uh, those little like buttons that are like closest to the big wheel thingy in the center will start glowing. And if you step on one, it'll raise up the little cage bars that you see on like that section and then that section will lift up. So if you, you're basically what you're supposed to do is time it right so that he's walking by your section as you seal it off so that you can go up there and actually fight Oogie. And then you have to just repeat that a couple times. Because, because what's so funny is once you get up there to, to like beat him up, every like after you do a, a certain amount of damage to him, he'll like bitch slap you back down. <laughs> then just run off. <laughs> but yeah, so... So you manage to win, obviously, and it does the thing again, just like in the movie where his bugs just fucking scatter. And I did, I feel like I remember Donald getting a shot of him like stomping on one, but I might be thinking of Kingdom Hearts too. It happens at some point. Um, fucking, you want to know what round two of this boss fight is? Sure. Okay, hang on. Let me just make sure that I'm not forgetting anything anywhere. I mean, I don't have a choice, but sure. <laughs> well, we get Ansem Report Seven here. Uh, for beating him the first time, which is cool, I guess. Um, round two is he becomes the house. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. He, yeah. He he merges with the manor. And I couldn't find uh, any good pictures of it, but basically there are like, I think it's like 10 or 12 or something like that, little like blobs of darkness that are just in random, like in a bunch of different spots on him. Boogie Boogie's thick. <laughs> Mm. Boys about like a house. (laughs) That's his front. But look at those (laughs) hips. Those hips a lot. Okay, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you now. (laughs) Booty, 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 booty. (laughs) Boogie, 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 boogie. Goodness. Um, Okay, I'm done. So yeah, you have to like climb around the outside of the house. Uh, He himself doesn't do a whole lot to actually to actually fight. He's got like this. That giant cage thing that's got a flame in it, he'll sort of swing that around to try to hit you, or he'll shoot fireballs whenever you get close enough. Like, it looks like a little lantern thing that he's holding? Yeah. Mostly it's that Heartless will just also appear in, like, all around it to fight you too. So that's kind of the main thing, is that you're dealing with the Heartless and trying to find all those blobs so that you can... Once you 
kill all the blobs is how you win this or beat this part of the fight. And before we go any further, though, there used to be in the original version of the game, they fixed this for the final mix and everything that's come out since then. In the original version of the game, there was a red Trinity mark in this area that would disappear once the this stage of the fight started. So you had to make sure you got it before even going inside to do the first part of the fight. Mm-hmm. Because it like once this stage of the fight started, the landscape kind of changes. And so the thing there, I think it was like on the side of a little building off to the side or something like that. So if you didn't get it before fighting Oogie Boogie, it would just be gone. And you could never get that Trinity Mark again. So if you were on the original version of the game and going trying to get all of the Trinity Marks, if you missed it the first time, you were fucked. You weren't going to get your 100%. But they, they fixed it, though, in the Final Mix version of the game. And obviously every version of the game that's come out since then. So that now it'll reappear just in a different spot if you didn't get it before. But, uh, so I say all of that to say, we now get the keyhole, and <laughs> it's Wait, just a big... Oh, we get the keyhole, but once you beat oh. House Oogie Boogie, you get the keyhole for Halloween Town, and it's just a big fucking spot on the ground. <laughs> like... Ooh, that looks actually kind of cool. Yeah, like I said, it's a, just a big spot on the ground, so what Sora does is he, like, aims the keyblade up, and the little beam that he shoots out to lock it, like, go- goes up some, and then, like breaks into, like, six pieces or something and, like, shoots back down onto the ground to get it. Yeah. Um, let me just make sure. Okay, yeah, we get the keyhole. Uh, that gives us... That upgrades our gravity spell to Gravira. Um, we... We can find, um, a torn page in, um, Finkelstein's lab now. <laughs> it's so funny, because... Like, basically, in the last cut scene, he's sitting there, like, ignoring the fact that Sally and Jack are making up, because Jack's doing his whole, oh, Sally, why didn't I listen to you? It's okay, Jack, well, this time we'll do Halloween together. <laughs> Finkelstein is off to the side, just going, why didn't my experiment work? What is a heart, anyway? And, like, that's what we're all wondering, man. Right. But, um, nice. This is where we get um, another Keyblade that I think you're gonna like. It's called Pumpkinhead. Ooh. I thought so. Okay, so this one and the one dark one, which I am still trying to find a keychain for. I haven't found it. <laughs> I want a keychain of that in this one. I'm pretty sure I've seen some for this one, so you'll probably at least be able to find this one. I, if you find it before I do, send me the link so that I can get it. Okay. But yeah, the, uh, the description on Pumpkinhead, it says, has a long reach and the ability to deal a string of critical blows. So again, whatever that like sort of invisible um, stat is that Makes it more or less likely that you'll do critical hits. This one's right. higher, so it'll get you a lot of critical hits in a row. Uh, it has a strength of plus seven and a magic value of plus zero. So if you're going for a mostly strength build, you're gonna love this one. It's spooky. It's neat. Yeah, I dig this one. Um, and we are we are still doing good on time. We got about forty two minutes. We are doing good. Cool. We might be able to finish Neverland because it's not super long. Um, finish what now? Because okay. Oh, we might be able to finish Neverland because it's not super long and it's the next world that we have. So there we go. Um, so you so you remember how they introduced Monstro by having like it be a cutscene in space of Monstro just swimming up and like eating you? Yeah. Same thing here. What? <laughs> not not the same thing. Not the same thing. There's nothing in Wonderland and Neverland that can eat us, as far as I remember. Um, 
It's fucking uh, <laughs> Captain Hook's ship just sailing around out in space, and like they crash into it. I'm not even kidding. So they couldn't even have TikTok eat us. As the <laughs> alligator, not the yeah. The alligator is named TikTok. Oh, that's right, he is. But we we do see him later on, so don't worry. But yeah, so this. Okay. Good. Well, I mean, you can't have Peter Pan without him and TikTok. That's Captain Hook's whole thing. Right. But but yeah, so. Well, that's what's weird is from now on, all cutscenes that are set outside the boat, they don't show space. It shows it sitting in the ocean. So I don't know what was happening here. But but yeah, so the entirety of Neverland is going to be set on Hook's boat, which is funny. Uh, we go ahead, we get the title card as it's coming in. You okay? No, no, I was typing one thing on a switch back over to this. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, that doesn't look very Peter Panny. Nah. Well, this is also just kind of, like, pulled off by itself. It, it looks actually like a really bad, like, billboard for a really lame theme park that's not going to be around for that long. <laughs> oh, sadness. Not impressed. Sadness and sadness. Well, we, um, the next cutscene that we get is just Sora wandering around the deck of the ship by himself. And basically he's sitting there like, okay, what's going on? Where are Donald and Goofy? <laughs> Are they probably doing that somewhere? No, we'll find out where they are here in a minute. What the fuck kind of pirates are these? <laughs> what? Don't worry, we'll find them in a minute. Don't worry. Uh, we get Riku's voice off screen going, instead of worrying about them, you should be asking, and then he dramatically steps aside and goes, about her. And hey, look, we finally found Kyrie. If the picture will post. There it goes. Oh, so sad. That cannot, <laughs> okay. And also, let me just point this out. I have said, at, like she is with the knees together and your feet out to the opposite side, that is not comfortable for longer than like five minutes. Well, to be fair, she's pretty unresponsive, so she probably doesn't care. I have been there and done that. That shit is not comfortable. Right. I did that when I got a new video game for Christmas and I got so absorbed in it that I didn't realize how I was sitting and I literally had to like flop onto my back for five minutes afterwards before I could get the feeling back in my legs. Ooh. Ooh. So, Your legs will go numb so fast, and it will hurt when they wake up. So, Riku's not doing Kyrie any favors, I guess. No! He is not. <laughs> he is not going to be happy. But what's, what is funny about this is as soon as, as soon as... See, this is where, like, it should be obvious to Riku that everything Maleficent's been feeding him about how Sora doesn't care. This is where it should be obvious that that was uh, crock of crap, because as soon as Sora sees her, he tries to run up to where she is, and I'm not even kidding, Hook from out of nowhere grabs him by the shoulder and just says, there'll be, waves his hook in Sora's face and just says, there'll be no shenanigans aboard me boat, boy. Like, all right, that wasn't going to do anything, okay? Man. Um, but, <laughs> but so uh, Sora's basically like, wait, okay, so what's going on? What about the Heartless? And Riku's like, the Heartless obey me now, Sora. Now I have nothing to fear. And we get one of my favorite Sora lines. He just goes, you're stupid. Sooner or later, they'll swallow your heart. And Riku's like, nah, my heart's too strong. It's whatever. He basically says, Sora, we don't even need you anymore. Summons a shadow version of Sora. And then just drops the real one below deck. Damn, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm not even kidding. That dude pops up in front of Sora, and then a trap door opens underneath him, and he just falls. And uh, this is where it dusts off a, um... Oh, actually, no. Before we before we go to check on uh, Sora, we do get our first hint of TikTok, because... 
<laughs> Basically, Smee is like asking Hook, like, are we cool with this? You know, like all the stuff that's going on. This is like kind of getting out of our league, Captain. And he's like, yeah, what? But shut up, Smee. It's fine. Are we cool with this? No, the fuck we are not. <laughs> Hook thinks that he starts to hear TikTok and he's, he just bolts. He gets the fuck out of there. He's like, it's that blasted crocodile. But, um,. But yeah, so this is where we, we find out where Donald and Goofy are, and they do one of my favorite tropes for a situation like this, where it just has a super close-up of, like, Goofy's face saying, oh, man, you found Kyrie? That's so cool. And then it's a super close-up on uh, Sora's face going, yeah, so now we just gotta go find her. And then another close-up on Donald's face going, yeah, that's a great idea. And then it zooms out, and Sora fell on top of them. <laughs> and Donald's like, how about getting off? <laughs> How about moving your ass? Yeah. Um, this is this is also where we meet Peter Pan because I guess Hook just has like one room that he throws all of his prisoners in. Um they they try to paint Peter Pan as being a little shit here because basically Sora like reaches out to shake his hand and Pan like immediately pulls his hand away. He's like, Yeah, fine, whatever, I'll hang out with you, but only until we find Wendy. Which like is fair to Pan because Wendy ain't got no part in this. He's got to get her home. So, like, they're trying to paint him as an asshole, but honestly, I kind of get it. But we uh, we do get these really neat-looking dudes. Kind of pirate-looking dudes. Yeah, and hey. Almost for the blade thing, almost looks kind of like on it-ish. Yeah. Well, guess what they're called? They're called pirate. I mean, they do look pirate. they got, you know, the iPad and the slash and stuff. Yeah, see? Um, I just call the design on the blade, that's all. No, yeah, it's, uh, but, um, so, at, so we start fighting these, uh, some of the shadows, and that Shadow Sora will show up, but it doesn't really fight yet, it just kind of, like, will hang out for a minute and dance around. Yeah. Um, as they're, or as they're going along, um, Pan, I guess, sort of explains his deal to, to the guys, and Tinkerbell, by this point, has shown up, and she found Wendy, and quote another girl because in fairness it's not like Tink knows who the fuck Kyrie is. It's just like, yeah, there was some other chick there. I don't know. He has he has Tinkerbell hit the guys with pixie dust, but we don't start being able to fly yet, so I don't super know why he did it. I wanna fly. I know. <laughs> well, not yet. We are we're still grounded. <laughs> nah. Nah. Hey, thirty years old, you cannot ground me anymore. I love you, Mom. If you listen to this <laughs> I love you and I don't mean it. <laughs> but um, but we switch over to a cutscene. And again, I start to feel kind of bad for Hook here. Because, you know, he captured Wendy thinking that he was helping Maleficent out or whatever. And also just wanting to capture Wendy. We cut in on his conversation with Riku and he's like, What do you mean Wendy's not one of the princesses of heart? Wendy's not a princess! Well, also that. But, I mean, they took Alice, so... I guess they don't explicitly have to be literal princesses. Well, Alice actually, like, they're not princesses. They don't do shit. <laughs> Granted, a lot of the princesses don't do shit either, but... Well, but, but yeah, so Riku's like, I, I don't care that you're mad about this. It does not affect me. Maleficent says she's not one of the ones we need, so get rid of her. And he's like, what the fuck would I put all the trouble of catching this girl? Um... But yeah, he's uh, but so Hook starts to try to like get at Riku, like, do you even know what Maleficent's plan is? And he's like, I literally do not care as long as it helps me get Kyrie's heart back. 
To which Hook says, the heartless have devoured that girl's heart. I'll stake me other hand. It's lost forever. Buddy, you shouldn't be betting the one hand that you have left, man. Okay, right. But we uh, we do get a scene after that of Sora and the others meeting Wendy. Uh, it's so funny because they, they haven't found her room yet. They found the room below her. And there's like basically a little like grating in the floor where they can kind of talk to her through it. And Sora asks her if there's another girl in the room with her. And she's like, yeah, but it's kind of weird. She hasn't really done anything so the whole time that we've been here. I'm sort of worried about her. And Sora, like, climbs up on a box and is just reaching up toward that little, like, grating thing because he can see, like, he can kind of see Kyrie through it. And this is where we do see her fingers start to, like, twitch as he gets close enough to almost reach her. But then Riku, like, comes in, grabs Kyrie, and leaves. So, like, we don't get to explore that. Uh, hang on one second. Okay, okay, yeah. They, they managed to uh, find a ladder to get up to where... Uh, Wendy and Kyrie were. Pan grabs Wendy and flies her off because, I mean, even it's not even like he's abandoning abandoning them. He's like, I gotta get Wendy home, which again, totally fair. I'm, I used when I was a kid, I was mad at Peter for this because he didn't stick around, but like, <laughs> I'm on his side here on the here now. Plus, spoiler alert, he does come back. It's not like he's just gone. Um, but we do get basically a mini boss fight now against that anti-Sora, Shadow Sora thing, which is kind of neat because, like, it can act like how you've seen the Shadow Heartless in, um, in the Let's Plays, like how they'll sink into the floor and move around and you can't hit them until they pop up. It'll, like, it'll do that. It can, like, break itself into, like, I think three or four copies that will be able to attack at you from different angles and you've got to try and knock all of them out. It's a really neat fight. Um, but... Once we finally finish that, we 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 go out onto the deck, and Riku's gone. Hook is there. Uh, basically, Sora's like, where the fuck did Riku go? And he's like, that boy left. He's gone to the ruins of Hollow Bastion, where Maleficent resides. I think I managed to get his, job, his voice there. Dramatic much? Well, it's Hook. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's true. Exactly. Uh, somehow or another, Hook caught Tinkerbell in a level lantern because, of course, he did. I mean, he did in the movie. Why wouldn't he do it again now? She's little bimbo and exactly hard to trick. <laughs> Jeez. I'm sorry. She is. But, okay, but um, since Pan hasn't shown up yet, he basically tells Sora and the others that he doesn't specifically say because this is ultimately a kid's game. The implication is basically he'll kill her if they don't surrender and walk the plank. To which now we can see TikTok hanging out right below the plank with his mouth just hanging open like, oh my god, I'm about to get a snack. <laughs> and in like an unexpectedly fucked up scene, Sora walks the plank and as he's about to jump off, we finally hear Peter Pan's voice go, fly Sora, just believe and you can do it. And hey, guess what? Sora flies. So now we can, now we can straight up fly. Think of a wonderful car. Any something little thoughts. <laughs> but so now we can straight up fly anytime that we're in Neverland, which is neat. And see, again, like the controls are fairly similar to the swimming in Atlantica, but I don't know, for the flying, it just feels easier to do and less cumbersome, I guess. Maybe because the water there might have like, actually added in a little more resistance because it is water as opposed to air. I don't know. Because like, um, in most games, I've found that like even if your character is able to swim underwater, 
there's always more resistance in water environments than there are in air environments. That's true. Like even in like for the Spiral the Dragon games, you know, you can go a lot faster in the air than you can underwater. Nah. Even if you, unless uh, you have like a power up, it's water is always going to be slower just because there is more resistance. Yeah. Well, speaking of power up, um, Kira Ooh. gets upgraded to Kira here, and we Pan comes back, so we team up to fight like just the swarm of heartless that are on the deck. Including two new ones, the Air Pirate and the Battleship. So the Air Pirate looks like some of the really annoying imps from the Okami game, so I'm not impressed. Ha- but the second one looks pretty badass. Yeah, no, the Battleship is kind of neat because it's the only one that you can fight in sections. Right, like he's got like so, little like, paddles got- that look like it could be spears. He's got the big thing on the front. He's got his little spiky skeleton thing. Yeah, yeah. you can. Badass. Yeah, each each part of it has its own health bar, so like you can attack the mast and it'll start moving slower and like listing and getting lower to the ground and stuff. You right. can break its cannons and it won't be able to shoot at you anymore. See, I, I like think that. you can, I think you can break the front part of it. I forgot what that's called. Is that the mast? I don't remember. I don't anyway, you can break, you can break the front part of it. And then like, I mean, it'll still try to ram at you, but like it doesn't have a giant honking spike hanging off of it now. Right. So like, you can strategize the fights with them more than with regular Heartless, which is kind of neat. Or you can just run up and hit it, like, right at the Heartless guy and just worry about that part, but whichever. Um, since we haven't gotten this in the game yet, um, Pan decides, after we beat all of these Heartless, he uh, goes up to knock on Captain Hook's door and pretends to be Smee to tell him that everybody walked to the plank and the crocodile gobbled them all up and left. So he comes out and he's like, yes, Peter Pan's finally... Wait a minute. Pan's still here. <laughs> and then we, so this is where we, his, the fight against Hook is one stage, <laughs> as opposed to being two stages like the other Disney bosses. But it is a really fun one because, like, basically he will, he runs around a lot, the ship starts rocking, so sometimes it'll, even though he can't fly, it'll, like, launch him into the air, so you've got to start flying up to get at him, but then he'll land back down. He'll, like, land back on the deck and keep going. Um, if you back him into a corner, he has this, like, this thing he'll do where he'll charge forward and just swing his sword just wildly, and it makes him invincible while he's doing it, and he's just, since he's swinging his sword, if you're caught in front of him, obviously it'll hurt you. So, this one might actually, even though it's only the one stage, this one might actually be my favorite, or my second favorite, rather, uh, Disney villain fight in the game. Or at least it's up there, because it's, it's just fun to do with all the, like, they just, they really capture how, like, wild he gets when he gets scared. And then, of course, you know, at the end of the fight, surprise, surprise. <laughs> instead of, like, him dying or anything like that, in classic Hook fashion, he gets knocked into the water right near TikTok and runs the fuck away. <laughs> nice. Like, it literally, it does that thing where he's, like, running across the surface of the water with TikTok just swimming after him. Like, wait, come back, dude. Uh, this is where we also get Anson Report 9, which, again, doesn't matter yet. Uh, we it's, it's so cute. As, as much crazy stuff as Sora has seen so far, after this fight, we get a shot of him just sitting on the deck. But, like, everybody else is sad, like, oh man, it sucks that Riku took off with Kairi and now we can't rescue her. He's just sitting there on the deck looking up at the stars. I can't believe I flew. Wait till I tell Kairi. I wonder if she'll believe me. Probably not. <laughs> Pan, I mean, though, honestly, just... all the shit they've all been through, they'd be like, okay, <laughs> and? 
Well, what's a, well, see, what's a really cool moment for Pam is he comes up and he's like, hey, after you get Kyrie back, you guys, you can bring her back here and we'll show her what flying is like. And it's like, my boy. Aw. Yeah. He's not being much of a dick as he was in the movie. Exactly. Um, but this is where um, we don't, uh, this does make me a little sad because you know how in the movie they like covered the, the ship in pixie dust and like flew back to London. We don't get that, which I mean, how how would they have tried, how would they have pulled that off anyway? Right. But we do go to uh, the clock tower, which I'm pretty sure I got a picture of. Hang on, just a second. Yeah. Okay. There we go. We go to Big Ben, and like Ooh. they have, yeah, they have modeled so much of London. Like That's you're pretty. you're stuck flying when you're here, so you can't actually go down and like see it. But they have modeled so much of London that you can see from here. It's really neat. I mean, Big Ben does look cool in person. Also, that I assume. That's, that's a really pretty picture, though, especially with the moon in the background. That is really pretty. Yeah. But um, what's also sort of cool here is all of, or if you fly around Big Ben, you'll notice that one of the clock faces is showing a different time than the others. So you have to, like, hit that one a few times with the Keyblade so it'll uh, swing around to where it's matching the, the other uh, clock faces. And that is actually what reveals the keyhole, which is neat. That's what you call percussive maintenance. I know, right? Or in other words, as most Americans, or not even Americans, most people will tell you, hit it till it starts working. I mean, it works for Fonzie. Right? It's worked for TV sets, computers, remotes, phones. It's If it doesn't work, hit it till it starts working. Exactly. Um, but so after this, um, it goes back to, if you remember that like flashback that Sora had uh, to him and Riku as little kids. At the beginning of Monstro. Um, kind of. I may need to go back and rewatch that. Yeah. Um, basically, it, was, it wasn't it was anything big. It was, if you remember, like, Sora taking Riku into the secret place because there, some of the other kids were saying there was a monster in there. And then right. Riku being like, dude, this place is boring. Of course there's no monster. Hey, when we're older, let's get the fuck out of this place and just go see the world. It cuts back to, like, the very end of that as he and uh, Sora are walking off. Except... This time it continues uh, past that, and tiny baby Riku turns around, and in that in, in that moment sees the keyhole for Destiny Islands on that weird like wooden slab that's been in there that kind of looks like a door. Yeah, I also made this my phone's new background for right now. So very nice. Yeah. Um, trying to remember. Okay, no, I keep thinking of that, and that's basically just where it cuts off. Is like. Little kid Riku just kind of staring at that. Um, but then we cut to what, the place that we now know to be called Hollow Bastion with Riku talking to Maleficent. Apparently he just like used darkness to kind of warp there instead of like using a vessel of any kind. So she's basically scolding him like, don't fucking do that. It's really dangerous. <laughs> and as she's, <coughs> as she's getting onto him, we hear a roar in the distance. And Riku, like, turns around, like, he, he doesn't get a chance to say anything, but he's got this, like, what the fuck look on his face. And Maleficent basically holds up a hand to calm him. He's like, or she's like, a castaway. Though his world perished, his heart did not. When, when we took the princess from his castle, he apparently followed her here through sheer force of will. <laughs> and no, Riku's but... like, and Riku, yeah, that's basically Riku's attitude. She's like, don't worry, you've got nothing to fear. He can't hurt you. And in fact, I'm going to, you have... So much untapped power in you that I'm just going to go ahead and awaken. And we don't really get to see what this means, except that he gets, like, this green haze around him. 
as the cutscene ends. So that's not ominous at all. I'm sure it means something. <laughs> oh, it's going to. It better. <laughs> right. But um, so we we switch back over to the clock tower and. Tinkerbell, of course, is jealous of Wendy, so she starts hanging out with Sora. And fucking <laughs> okay, you remember how Genie became a summon because Jasmine got taken, and he was like, you know what? I'm gonna help these guys on their journey, Aladdin, so that I can find the girl you love and bring her back to you. Yeah. Tinkerbell becomes a summon because she doesn't like that Peter Pan is friends with Wendy. Tinkerbell is it? Tell us. I'm not even kidding. It's so dumb. Take that little fairy ass and shark her in a blender. No, you know what? No, no blender. I want to go. No, I want to go the supernatural route with D. Winchester and, and microwave Tinkerbell. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Fight the fairies. No, this episode needs to be hashtag fight the fairies or hashtag microwave Tinkerbell because I don't like this bitch. Nick. I mean, you'll do what you do, but just, you know, my vote now. Fight the fairies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. I had forgotten to look up a picture of it before, but that's. Her when she shows up as a summon. Okay, uh, Sora looks stoned out of his mind. Well, and he's got things growing out of the back of his head, which also is like a really cool background effect. But he's got like funny ears out the back of his head. Uh, no, that is just the background effect. Oh no, <laughs> but just... it looks like he got bunny ears. Yeah, it does. He looks um, more like a dork than he usually does. Well, and that's saying something. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, we we do get um. We finally get Glide for the team, so we can't fly in other worlds, but we can glide now, which is neat, which is, which is we fun. We can fly, we can fly, we can fly. <laughs> asterisk. Yeah, asterisk, uh, we, asterisk, a little cross sign. <laughs> right. We, we also, if you remember for fucking ever ago, we found half of a navigational gummy. We finally have the other piece that matches it. So you can pretty much guess where the next place we're going to be going is. Sid! Yep, we're going to go pay Sid a visit soon. Ah. Uh, and we get a new keyblade called the Fairy Heart. Ooh, that was kind of pretty. Yeah. Um. What was it? There it goes. Raises max MP by one and enhances magic and summon power. Sometimes deals powerful critical blows. So it's a, like a fairly balanced one that gives you the benefits of like the last couple keyblades we've had. Right. The only real drawback to it is that it's it has a very short reach. Like, it's basically a dagger, which is the reason uh, the reason I never used it much when I was a kid, because I was like, I gotta get right up next to people to hit them. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It does look cool, though. It does. Oh, yeah, no, it, it does look pretty neat, but that is kind of, like, the only drawback, so to speak, is just how, like, small it is. But even then... It's like, a shiv. That's what it is. It's it. a keyblade shiv. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that, that finishes off Neverland. Um, how are we looking on time? Uh, let me check. We have 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, we will not be able to make it to Traverse Town, which is good because I didn't watch the video for that, so I have no notes on it. Um, instead, there's a new tournament available in, in Olympus Coliseum. Alrighty. <laughs> uh, this one is the Hercules Cup, which means at the end of it, we finally get to fight Hercules. Oh, we can beat the shit out of Hercules? Well, theoretically. Yeah. Well, Nick. Um, we also get a new Heartless during this tournament. It's called the Rare Truffle. Zero to hero, no, it's not <laughs> Zero to hero, just like that. Sorry. You gotta admit, Hercules oh had some bang music. Dude, it really fucking did. Um, but yeah, so we, we get the Rare Truffle during this tournament, which is fucking dumb, because, but the Rare Truffle... It looks like a mushroom. It is. 
Uh, what this one does is, whenever you find it, every time you hit it, it will, like, bounce upward. So, basically, all this one is, is it, if you remember how, like, the white mushrooms, if you use the right magic, they'll give you stuff. That big pink one, if you hit it enough times, it'll uh, give you stuff. This one, if you can bounce it enough times, it will give you different prizes. What happens if you just flat out punch it in the face? If you hit it once and then don't do anything else, once it lands, it will be like, oh, well, I guess we're done and leave. So it it's so dumb that they put one in the tournament here because, like, that's all you got to do to win that round. Just hit it once, let it land, and then it'll just get mad and leave. So, like, all right, bye. <laughs> but who else is in this tournament is Cloud. And there we go. You get a new Keyblade from him when you win. Hmm. <laughs> it's got Swiss cheese on the end of the blade. It's, it's okay, because if you remember how Cloud has, like, those two mana slots, I think they're for mana. Yeah, but... I forgot what, what it's called. But he's got, like, those two little holes on his. That's what it's supposed to be a reference to. Uh, this one is called the Metal Chocobo. And I will say, because I, uh, because when I was a kid, I had zero exposure to Final Fantasy. I didn't know it was pronounced Chocobo. And me and my brother used to call this the Metal Chocobo. It's Swiss cheese. I'm going to say Because we were dumb. But yeah, a little bit. Uh, this one... Possesses incredible power and reach, but reduces max MP by one. Rarely deals critical blows. So, stat-wise, it's alright, but like it said, lowers your magic. So, if you're going for a pure strength run, or build, probably not that big of a deal for you. If you're prioritizing magic, you're probably not going to get a ton of use out of this one. That said, where the fairy harp was really short, this one is real long. This one, I think, is like the longest keyblade we've gotten so far. But, um, so we find... I should, have taken some picture. I should have gotten a picture of the Hercules fight. It's so funny. Um, no matter which, if you remember the tournaments, you can do in different modes. So, like, the default is always Sora, Donald, and Goofy, all three going in together as a team. Yeah. Sora, no matter which mode you're doing, Sora, it'll do a little cutscene before the Hercules fight. And Sora's like, wait, instead of it being all three of us, how about I take you, how about I take you one-on-one? <laughs> like, all right, kid, whatevs. It's... <laughs> It's so silly, though. What will happen is um, Hercules has, like, he's got a really good punch, obviously, and he's got, like, a couple of moves where he he, have, he used to have one where he would start to swing his sword and then, like, spin around and then just sort of bounce around the the little arena a few, a few times. I found out while watching the videos for this one, apparently in Final Mix, because they changed uh, the frame rate for Final Mix... Or it might have been for the uh, the HD port onto the PS4. It's one of the two. I forget which. It doesn't matter. Uh, but because of that change, when he starts that attack, it doesn't continue. So he doesn't start spinning around anymore. He just swings the sword once and then like gets knocked off balance so that you can actually go up and hit him for it. Nice. Yes. Um, what you got to do in this fight, and it's the dumbest thing ever, but I love it so much. Um, he will activate his, like, golden, godly glow of invincibility or whatever. There are barrels in the arena. You have to pick one up and throw a barrel at him. <laughs> and that will turn off the invincibility so that you can start hitting him. Throw a barrel? <laughs> it's so dumb and I love it. A barrel. Yes, you hit him with a barrel. You hit Hercules that... with a barrel. Yes. You have to do this a few times because he never stays stunned long enough for you to like beat him the first time. Obviously. <laughs> hey. Yeah. 
But so the first time that you win, uh, you get Hercules' shield for Goofy. Okay, that's kind of cool looking. It's got a little amulet symbol. Yeah, right? Yeah, right? Um, I didn't look this one up, so I, can't, I don't have a description to read for you. But yeah, so you get that for Goofy to use. Uh, the solo... Uh, the solo run-through, uh, the prize that you get is Critical Plus, which basically just makes it more likely that you'll uh, deal critical hits, so that's cool. Nice. The third one, yeah, if you if you beat the time trial version of the Hercules Cup, you get a move that is pretty broken. It's called Gravity Break, and it will basically give you a combo finisher that has a 30% chance of basically just adding gravity, the spell, to your hit. Which will make it so much more powerful. Uh-huh. Whenever, like, oh, whenever that activates, you do a butt ton of damage. And I'm sure you've noticed in the Let's Play how gravity like flattens people. Whoever you're hitting will get flattened for like a couple seconds too. Oh shit! Yeah, it's real funny. Um, but so once you beat it the first time, uh, you you get a cutscene of um, Sora, Donald, and Goofy talking to uh, Phil. And Hercules and Sora tells Phil, now I know what you mean about strength of heart. Mine comes from Donald and Goofy. And he basically says, as long as the three of us are together, there's nothing we can't beat. And Phil starts to protest. He's like, what? No, that's not it. And like, Hercules picks him up and is like, of course, your friends make you strong. Just, just the way that my, or that my strength comes from Phil. And Phil just kind of gets this defeated look on his face. He's like, yeah, I guess that's what it means, whatever. Shit. <laughs> Right. But we can now use the Yellow Trinities, which, if you remember, um, there is a big-ass block in the little entry room for the um, arena that Uh has a Yellow Trinity mark. Uh, The Yellow Trinity is Trinity Push. All three of them just literally just pushing together. The animation for it is so funny because it'll be Donald and Goofy, or Sora and Goofy, rather, right next to each other, and then Donald kind of behind the two of them. So, once they finally manage to push whatever it is and start moving forward, Donald will always just fall on his face because he's, like, off balance or whatever. Doing that, though, uh, apparently, fucking, the keyhole has just been hanging out underneath that giant slab. So, hang on, it's it's loading. There it goes. So, now you can finally lock the keyhole here. Um, This is also when you finally get Olympia, if you remember that I showed you a while ago, the cloudy-looking one. I just like how they're all three kind of staring at the hole, like, that. that's it. Like, yep, that's a keyhole. Hmm. <laughs> Stop that. Um, no. But so, Never. that actually do- that actually does not finish off Olympus Coliseum. There will still be the Hades Cup, which finishes off its storyline. Uh, that'll come up later on. But that this finally seals the world's keyhole, so that's cool, I guess. And... <laughs> And that is the end of my notes, and we will pick up next time going to Travers Town. Right, and then we're like at six and a half minutes, so if you've already hit the end of your notes, you want to just go ahead and start going to questions? Sure. All right, um, I'll go ahead and just stop the timer since we don't really time the questions. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty much there. All right, timer is stopped, and let's flip all over right. to the Mickey's Mail bag, and we'll scroll yeah. all the way back. Let me check Twitter. I don't think we got any there. If we don't, then I'll go ahead and start with questions on the Mickey's mailbag. All right. All right, so Flutterdark starts us off. Um, he did say, you know, feel free to skip me that we haven't gotten to, but I think we pretty much hit everything he asked for. I think so. Um, okay. So, okay, so we'll go with the first one. Uh, given that Sora has 
the costume in Halloween Town and the form for Atlantica. Uh, pick a world you covered. Uh, Travers and Monstro excluded. Because obviously Sora wouldn't like. Right, we're sorry. Disguise himself a costume, there. So, what would a costume look like? And then we can do Donald and Goofy optional. Okay. Um, they're actually. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can find it to include later on. But there was concept art of a possible costume for uh, Deep Jungle that basically had Sora like not in just a straight up loincloth like Tarzan, but kind of doing something similar. I think they had him doing like a off the shoulder kind of thing. Yeah. I'm gonna see if I can find it. But I'd say for me, while you're looking for that, I would think uh, for the Olympus Coliseum, I would have thought it'd be funny to see Sora dressed up like the teenage Hercules, like the really gawky, like with the tunic and the oversized sandals, and then have Goofy and Donald like fill like centaurs or not centaurs, sorry, uh, satyrs. Oh, yeah, that could be neat. That would have been funny. Oh, god, oh, god, satyr body with just Donald's horrifying duck head on it, right. Okay, here we go. Except, I found no, that. One of, one of them would have had to have been plugged into, like, Pegasus. <laughs> goofy Pegasus. Right? Do- no, Donald Sater, Goofy Pegasus. There we go. Uh, <laughs> that that would be my favorite right there. Okay, I found that concept art I mentioned. They did have him just in, like, a one cloth like Tarzan. Ooh, okay. That would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then just have, like... Donald and Goofy just looking disheveled, kind of like how Jane is, like, not wearing any of her fancy stuff anymore. She's just in the tank top and, like, a skirt that's just kind of being tied in place now. They'd have been like the gorillas. Oh, there we go. All right, next one. Where do the worlds are done? I feel like, I guess they don't need to for Wonderland because that's so, like, off the wall anyway. Well, for Wonderland, yeah, for Wonderland, uh, I guess, and also if you did Neverland, I guess you would just basically put them all in, like, little animal outfits like the Lost Boys were in the original movie. Yeah. I feel like, actually, they could have done something neat with um, with Aladdin. Have him, like, wearing a similar outfit style or something like that. That would have been cool, too. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Flutterdark's second question, though. There you go. You can fly now. What do first? Peter Pan style flight, of course. <laughs> realistically, <laughs> I run into something, I'm sure. Yeah, honestly, realistically, and strangely enough, I have, like, a really bad fear of heights same like yeah if i if you get me up like you will never catch me like skydiving or on a really high up bridge or i hate it i hate it i can't do it like if, if i'm flying I've like flown i'm fine once i'm in the air but like lift off and touchdown i can't do it like honestly i am seriously acrophobic yeah but... I, i've flown enough that i'm okay with airplanes and flying other than that, if I'm in, like, a tall building, I'm staying away from the windows. Right. I ain't doing that shit. Right, and, like, oh, my God, those buildings were, like, you could actually, like, get up in the window, hold on to bars, and the window, like, leans out and leans you over the street below. I'm, like, no, no, no. Oh, no, Hell thanks. No. I'm, like, no, can't. Now, if I was in, like, a game or something, or, like, if I if, if I could control, obviously, how far I flew, I would buzz bomb the shit out of people. <laughs> but I wouldn't go very high. Like, you basically probably wouldn't see me go much higher than, like, where I live now, because I live on the second floor of an apartment building. I probably wouldn't go higher than the rooftop, and even then, I would, like, go up there if I had the roof right under me that I could land on. Yeah. Um, you would not I, see, would... I would not be free-falling or cartwheeling or doing any of the shit they do in Neverland. I, my ass is too big <laughs> for that. <laughs> I I would probably, like, at about car height or a little bit above so I don't slam into a car, 
find, like, a straight enough area to test my speed out and see if I can just go. Right, so, like, if I could go, like, car height, like, I would basically follow people that were being assholes in traffic, and the minute they got to a stoplight, <laughs> I would just start, like, stomping all over their car. Nah. Like, what, bitch? Like this now, huh? What's going on? Huh? What like is this? that? Or I'd follow them to the grocery store and, like, make them drop all the groceries and then seal them. Nah. I would, I, okay, so I, I would basically do petty mischief and probably larceny. <laughs> There we go. Uh, number right. three. Next one is, while in-universe, Sora doesn't know anyone from the worlds he goes to or any stories of them. How would you think he would react or how would you react if you were suddenly in a world you thought fictional that you actually like? If it's one I like, I'd probably be pretty jazzed, just depending on which one it is. Uh, Sora, I think, is the same yeah. way. If he, like, found himself suddenly in a movie that he likes or a story he heard growing up, his ass would okay. It'd be you remember that scene in Tangled where he's alter where uh, Rapunzel is alternating between really really happy and then really really sad. Yes. He would be just the happy parts of that scene, just running around freaking the fuck out, having just the best time. He totally would. Me, it would depend because there's some books that I really really like or some rules. Pictures that I really, really like, but I would never want to actually be in them. Yeah, I liked um, the Hunger Games uh, books, but I don't want to go there. No, I don't want to be in Pan Am. I like Stephen King. I don't want to be in any of his books. No. The, I the one I love you'd the be. Death series, which is like a futuristic New York murder mystery series in which, yeah, they got flying cars and like all diseases are manageable, but also things like. Real coffee and chocolate and meat are like a rarity that you can only get if you're a criminal or rich. Oh, wait, okay, no, I think I got one. I think I got one. Fifth element. What? It's future Fifth Element. It's futuristic. It's not super bad if you're just a regular person. Everything's just kind of dirty. I think that one might work if you're just like just some schlub in that world and not like taking the place of the main character or something. Okay, so, well, I don't know, because in that book, too, it's like a society of all sort of the way that they kill people. Mm, there's but that. there's, like, another one, which is also by the same author as in this, but it's, like, a new fantasy series that my parents got me on for Christmas, where it's, like, you can, like, go out, like, retire to the countryside, you suddenly find out you've got this huge inheritance from this relative you never knew, and huh. also you go down a magic well or tree trunk, and you're, like, in ancient Ireland where magic is everywhere and dragons and stuff. I would totally be up all in that shit. Where I could like run away from the world and like literally spend my time like cooking and writing stuff and just not dealing with people. I would be all up in that shit. Oh man, yeah. Okay. If I somehow ended up in Middle Earth, get myself to the Shire and just be comfortable. Dude, I just have dinner parties, not talk to people, just garden. Oh my god, yes. There we go. Okay. I think if we I found a good pick, one. What, yeah, if I could like pick a Nice fictional world that we actually like and want to be a part of. Fuck yes. <laughs> Moving on before we depress ourselves, uh, Stephen, next right. question. Uh, uh, Flutterdark's fourth question: How the flip did the Dalmatians not only end up in chests but also in such impossible locations like the inside of a whale fl- uh, swimming in space between worlds or in the space between worlds? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The the closest thing we get to an explanation is, if I remember right, I think Leon says something about, like, their world was destroyed and they were scattered. So I guess it's, like, 
when their world blew up because the Heartless were eating it, they just got shot off into space in random ass directions. Okay, see, I got this. And I got two different answers for this. Okay. One is if you go by just the normal video game thing. Okay, so if you play the Spyro, the dragon games, in the third one, you're the dragon, you have to go about rescuing baby dragon eggs. And there are some that are literally inside a whale, underwater, in lava, in space, in the air. They're all fine. They're magical creatures and it's fine. So in this case, with Dalmatians winding up in chests, we're in a world that has magic key-shaped swords. We've got a ship made of Nerf darts that can travel ah. again, uh, between different Disney worlds. We've got little heartless soul-eating critters. We've got Clayton riding a giant half-invisible chameleon. And we're going to question how Dalmatians wind up in chests. I honestly, I'm going to say probably the boxes like formed around them to, as like a safety thing. It's their own little dimensions. They are little pockets. There we go. Dimensions. There we go. Uh, as far as how they got into like Monstro, that boy just eats whatever he wants. I mean, exactly. I mean, Monstro clearly is not picky, so. No, oh my god. What's I was going to touch on this later on, but what's kind of cool is later on in the game, all of the Heartless and all of the worlds are going to get stronger just so that you're not fighting like the same dinky little dudes in Traverse Town that you were fighting before, except now you can kill them in one hit and it's not a challenge anymore. Uh, once that point oh, yeah. comes up, Monstro will cycle through the Heartless from a few different worlds. Basically, like, he swam by and just gobbled up a bunch of Heartless on his way. Well, and also I would point out, too, just like I did before when Monstro first appeared, is if the Windfish can do it, so can Monstro. There we go. All right. Uh, moving on, though, we have two questions from uh, Sid. I keep wanting to say Sidmon. Or... I say Sidmon. I'm sorry. I forgot I, the two guys. I, I think it is Sidmon. I keep wanting to say Sidmon, but I'm, Side, I'm Sidemon, wrong when with that. that. Or when this episode is published, please tell us how to say your name. <laughs> anyway, uh, she asks, uh, first off, what would a Dalmatian Keyblade look like? And I'm going to pop a thing in the uh, Ansem reports. Oh, do they actually have uh, good keyblades? No, they don't. But there's a thing that shows up in Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. Uh, which I'll touch on more once we actually get there. Um, I'm be basically, like with spots on it somewhere. That would also be neat. Um, what I'm kind of thinking is, in Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, they add these little a new a new type of mushroom dude where each one of them has a little mini game, and if you beat all of their mini games, you get a Keyblade for them, and it's basically all of them like just kind of stacked on top of each other making a keyblade. So I could Ooh. I could really see something like that for the Dalmatians where it's like a whole bunch of the Dalmatians like forming the blade almost like they're running along behind each other or something like that. And then if you like hit an enemy with it, it explodes into all the little puppies. And they swarm whatever you hit. Yeah. That would be awesome. Stop going to Massachusetts chat. I'm going to the mailbox. <laughs> uh let me see what That's was her second question. Years. There we go. Are there any worlds you have been disappointed by so far? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Did we? Okay, no. Okay, I thought we skipped one. Never mind. No. Nah. Um, I don't think so. So far, I've been pretty happy. I mean, personally, I would have liked to see more with Hercules. Although, from what my sister has shown me, I know that we will get to see more in other games. Yeah, Hercules sticks around. We're gonna see more of it. Over yeah, the I know we do. So I would forever. say, if I didn't know that, I would be disappointed with Olympus. Yeah, that's fair. Um, no, I don't. Happy with it. I don't like um, Atlantica very much, but what they did with it makes sense for what it is. 
I would say the only one that disappoints me is I feel like they could have done more for Wonderland if they were gonna if they're gonna use it because like just as much stuff as there is packed into the movie, I feel like they didn't do very much. So that would be probably the only one that I really have a complaint with. Like maybe instead of having the bizarre room be a bunch of different rooms with each like wall being its own room, instead make a couple. Uh, instead extend like the forest section to like have some of the other stuff from the movie pop up although that opens the possibility for Tweedledee and Tweedledum to appear and I don't know if I'm okay with that I say so far I'm not really disappointed with anything I would say I'm disappointed with anything that's fair All right, uh, now we've got Flutterdark yeah next was just a bunch oh, no, of banter oh, no wait I, I missed that uh, we got Casey sorry yeah she did have a question there it is okay what yeah, is your Hall- it was, what does your Halloween town Sona look like Yes. So let's review real quick. We had uh, Sora is a vampire, Donald's a mummy, and Goofy is a Frankenstein. So I'm going to say those three are off the table, just so that we have to pick something different. I would say you could be, but I would say werewolf, or werefox, or werecat, in my case. (laughs) Werefox would be neat, actually. That's cool. Right? Oh shit, a kitsune. There you go. I I would totally be a nine Oh, I would be a nine Oh, I'm not that powerful yet, but I would be a multi-tail kitsune. There you go. Just like a Disney interpretation of one, I guess. Right. I would be a kitsune, not necessarily a QB. I would like to be a ghost, kind of like Zero. How <laughs> it's you look just like a sheet sort of vaguely draped over a person. So like I wouldn't have any legs anymore. That would be where it cuts off and just becomes all flowy. But there would still be enough of me to recognize that I am that, that I am like me. <laughs> You would be the ghost that would randomly pop up in tense situations and start telling lame jokes. Also this, I would do that. You would, you would diffuse things. I, oh my god, I would, yeah, I would just become a resident of Halloween Town and that would be my thing. Right? You would totally do that. Uh, let me see, do we have anyone else? Uh, yes, also we a fair amount of just We have a couple more. Now. We had two more. That okay, yeah, we did get two last We got Deep Sea. Ooh. What did she say? If you could give a Kingdom Heart, wait, who is DC? I mean, is a what? What are their pronouns? Uh, she heard thing. Hang on. Is it Hudawa? No, oh, nothing. No, never mind. Keep going. What did DC say? Okay, wait. And I'm trying to make sure I use the right pronoun. Here, DC is she. I think so. Okay. She cleared him out, but I'm pretty sure she had she her one. Okay, so um, she says if you could give a Kingdom Hearts track lyrics, which would you pick and why? This one I had a little bit of a hard time with because the world music is usually like. A variation on music from the that was already in the movie anyway. Right. Like, the world music in Halloween Town is like sort of a mix of this is Halloween already. Although Sora walk, uh, running around Halloween Town singing this is Halloween would be really cute now that I think <laughs> it. Right. I I would like to see lyrics to go along with Dearly Beloved, uh, the music that I have playing at the beginning of our episodes. Just because that is original to Kingdom Hearts, and I'd like to see, like, you know, what kind of song you could, what kind of lyrics you could put to that. I, I don't know if I could pick a specific song track just because I don't, I'm not that familiar with the soundtrack yet. I, I could think of like different like aesthetics for the game. Ooh, lyrics going along with the Traverse sound music. Could be like, fun. I could think of that. Like, I could think of like, okay, so for example, the beginning where it's got you know, Sora falling through like all the different things. Like, falling through the water, seeing Kyrie, you know, like, the kind of, like, really trippy opening. Like, the one that you showed me when we first started. 
Yes. That I can see that being done to like Evanescence uh, from their Fallen album, like the big <laughs> No, I see doing Whisper. Okay, so like replace the lyrics from Simple and Clean with right, that, or like have that as like a soundtrack to it, right? So like have the visuals, like that okay. kind of feeling, and have like that's what I can picture. I could see that. That would like, I, like I can't really spe- I can't like assign lyrics to an existing song, but I can think of a song that like fits the overall aesthetic or a scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I would say anything with it, probably Kyrie and Sora. I could give a song. It's from one of the Naruto Shippuden endings, the For You. <laughs> no, dude, it's the feeling of it. Like, that's what I can get. That's fair. I just, I just I, I'm not that familiar with, like, just a flat out like, soundtrack with any of the tracks, and I just can't assign random lyrics to a song. I can, like, find a song, like, an existing song that fits the scene. That's fair. Um, last one we, it was another one from Saifon. Uh, what would your costume changes in Atlantica and uh, Halloween Town be? Uh, we already we already said for Halloween Town. So, um, what kind of fish person would you be in Atlantica? Uh, I'd be just a regular mermaid. That's fair. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. I oh wait no I th- I feel like I feel like someone asked us about this. No wait no, no last no, no, episode no, no, or the one before. And I said I would be a shark, but that just had my face stuck on the front of it. I'm gonna stick with that answer because it's funny. Looking like Wolfiel? Oh yeah, yeah. You had uh, what kind of eel was it? I think it was a Wolfiel. Yeah, hang on. I'm looking. Where did I put it in the answer? I think I put it in answer report. So I'm looking. Oh, right you now. did. I'm scrolling through me. I'm scrolling through the mailbag. I'm looking right now. Yep, yep. Yeah, it was a Wolfiel. The really freaking creepy looking thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there you go. I just, that's what. No, I would be a regular mermaid, but I would have that for a pet. <laughs> I'd have the wolf hill for my pet, and I would name him Mr. Fluffykins. Oh my goodness. I would. You know me enough. You would. You 100% would. You're right. Uh, and he would be so like, that... totally like vicious, trying to bite everybody, and I'd just be sitting there pet, and I'm like, oh, he's a dick boy. So that, yeah, that takes care of it for this week. Um, tune in next time for what will be Traverse Town, and where else are we going to go from there? I don't know. Cat, we've seen every world that's already on the map. Holy shit. So wait, how much more yeah. this game do we have? Not a ton. So we might, maybe, depending on pacing, we might finish this up either next episode or the one after. <laughs> oh, hell no, hell no. We're not going to finish next time. Don't worry about oh, that. Good. Okay, good, good. Yeah, it's we don't have a ton, but it is solid a little bit. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm not rushing anything. I'm good with it. There you go. Uh, I was going to ask something and I forgot. Shit, I don't know. It's probably not <laughs> If it is, I'll bug you with it later. There we go. Um, so we'll go ahead and plug Nero first, since they are not on these episodes. Um, they have got their uh, another podcast that they do for Shira, which is um, the podcast of power. I almost called it the Princesses of Power because that's the full title for Shira. <laughs> uh, but you can also find Nero themselves on Twitter at Dragon Smoocher. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Marshmallow, which is spelled like Marshmallow, but my name is in there instead. And on and also at dad underscore tastic where I need to post today's joke actually now that I think of it. And for right now you can just find me lurking under Zura under random Discord servers. Yours. And I don't have a uh, I don't have a snarky quote for today. That sucks. I saved those for Disney minus, and I need to find them because I didn't have one last week. That's fair, also. So yeah, um, stick around, and y'all we're starting to get into it. We're out of Disney World, and as. 
people who aren't cat know this is where stuff is going to start getting real. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, bye, Nancy. Later. <laughs>